going on, everybody? We got a great episode of Three Walls and a BLP for you today. We got a good friend of mine, new friend of Matt. We got former Michigan Wolverine running back, former Baltimore Raven and Pittsburgh Steeler, and founder of Elite Level Elite Level Athlete School of Athletics, Fitzgerald Toussaint. Fitz, what's going on, man? How are you? Yes, sir. All good, man. Happy to be here. Glad to hear from y'all. Um, not too much, man. Just you know, ready to get things going. I love it, man. All right, so we typically start every podcast with a guest with just a six-pack of some random questions just to get the show going. So uh, my first question for you is, what's your favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time is Boys in the Hood. I love it. Boys in the Hood starring Ice Cube and company. I love it. How, um, how jacked up were you when you found out that Ice Cube's son was playing him in that movie? Uh, I thought it was pretty awesome. I mean, it was just a little bit different to me when I seen how he looked exactly like him. But it was spot on. It was incredible. Spot on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You couldn't tell the difference. I think his son ended up being a little bit lighter than him. But, yeah, it was it was pretty sweet, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Was he up for – did he get up for an award for that, Mike? You're my movie guy. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I thought he was really good. Um, yeah, 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 that's a good movie. Good. So, uh, sticking kind of on, you know, the entertainment – um, side of things with you know, kind of the last couple months, I feel like everybody's watched and rewatched every TV show. Um, what, so what's your favorite TV binge, your favorite TV binge of all time? Man, that's so funny. Honestly, I'm not really into, uh, you know, Netflix and, and I know they got the Hulu out and what else is Amazon prime, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So honestly, we, so when football season ended, we literally cut off the cable. We only had the cable on because I, I always buy the NFL packages. So, you know, it's easier to watch the NFL network. So after that, we cut off the cable. And then, you know, from that point on, I think we ended up being in like January. I just started being in my computer all day, you know, just studying and learning. And um, I was also going to school. So I was kind of busy with that. But at the end of the day, you know, it hit around, you know, 11 to 12 o'clock. I'm ready to jump in the bed and wake up and start my day over again. So I really, honestly, I can't remember the last time I sat back. My wife do a lot of, you know, get away with how to get away with murder and stuff like that. But I gotcha. really watch no TV. You Fitz, what did you go back to school for? Uh, exercise science. So I just went back okay. to, you know, just study, just study the science behind certain movements, you know, through athletics. So, so that ties into what you're doing now? Exactly. Yep. So just learning basically all the simple movements, uh, you know, terminology. Just trying to get a better understanding of, you know, how it's going to be with me training athletes. And just trying to learn from the best, you know what I mean? Watching, I do a lot of YouTube. Um, I also, you know, get a lot of content from from Instagram. And it's all good content. You know, it's, it's not, you know, just simple stuff. I try to, you know, learn, uh, you know, basic terminology. I try to go in depth. I want to learn signs behind certain movements. Uh, it's a work in progress. You know what I mean? I'm not perfect at it, but got to work. I procrastinate a lot. Yeah. Who, who's, the other, uh, who's the other guest on the, the podcast over there? Oh, that's – oh, you talking to me? Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, you can hear him in the background. That's my son. Everywhere I go, he follow me. <laughs> I'm trying to move around, move with my computer, and he just keep popping up. He may oh, officially be our, our youngest guest that we've had on the podcast. So. Hey, what's up? There you go. Say what's up, Frank. There you go. All right, yeah. Cool. Hey, bud. <laughs> what's up? Um, 
<laughs> hey. I love it. Uh, all right. My next question for you, Fitz. This is where we're going to start turning towards balling and all the important stuff. Okay. But uh, all right. So who do you hate more? Ooh. Michigan State or Notre Dame? Oh, come on. Oh. I think that, that question is pretty straightforward. It's, it's, it's really crazy, though, because even when I was playing, I didn't really understand how much of a rival it was. You know what I mean? With Michigan State, I think everything when I was there was forced. You know what I mean? It's like you have to hate them instead of really understanding the history behind you know, what that game really means. So it's like I kind of found myself not even feeling a certain kind of way. But Michigan State for sure. Okay. okay. Michigan State for sure. So I, I think – For sure. <laughs> I think that no goes question. without saying even the little one knows that too. Yeah. No question. Because it's like, okay, you get it in those games and you may not know the history, but it's going to be some guy on the other side of that ball – talking and it's gonna make you really understand and want to find out the history behind it. Yeah. Vince, were you still on the were you still at Michigan on the uh, the game where they blocked the punt and they returned it? Uh was that the when the kicker dropped it? Yeah. No, I wasn't there. I was watching that on TV. Okay. And that's still that's still hard. It like breaks my heart for that poor kicker, man. Ugh. And and honestly I was pretty upset, but you know stuff happens. But yeah, man, that was a, that was a big situation right there. Yeah, you just gotta get the, you gotta get the kickoff. Oh, you yeah, just gotta tough. do it your one job. Um, so you know, staying on that, um, either in either collegiately or professionally, was mm-hmm. there a stadium that you wished you played in, um, but never had the opportunity to? Uh, let's see. On a collegiate level, you said right. Either one, so collegiate or professional. Oh, clean or professional. Um, I think I would have liked to play in the swamp down there in the okay. games. I heard it's pretty crazy down there, uh, and it and it's crazy that you know we play. I play, you know, almost every other Saturday at you know one of the best stadiums in the world. You know what I mean? So it's like sometimes you get kind of spoiled. You know what I mean? But it's just different environments, different atmospheres, and you know when you when your back is against the wall, you know it's just a different performance come about you. So I think I think really the swamp just by hearing and knowing, you know, certain people that went there, I think that'll probably be, you know, one of the stadiums I would want to play with. Nice, nice. So Chris, you're from Youngstown, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so you got a unique take on the rivalry between Michigan and Ohio State. So what's that like for being like a Ohio kid that plays for Michigan? Against that other school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, just throughout my uh, recruiting process, Ohio State wasn't really showing too much interest. You know, um, grades was kind of sideways, so you know it was hard to even get noticed. Um, also, they wanted me to play slot receiver, and I just felt like you know that was a slap in the face. You know what I mean? I mean, being younger, thinking that you know now I understand how it is. You know, with position changes yeah. and things of that nature. But back then, that's just how I felt. So, I mean, it really wasn't – I don't let a lot of stuff phase me. You know, I just sit back, play it cool, and I just roll with the punches. Um, and I get a lot of stuff, you know, when I go back home, you know, Michigan versus Ohio State. But if you ask me a question about Notre Dame, Michigan State, and Ohio State, I think you'll have your answer. 
Yeah. I think you would have your answer. Hey, Fitz, if you didn't go to Michigan, was there another school that was you were kind of you know leaning that way? Secondary? Yeah, I think Illinois. Okay. Illinois. I mean, they show they show major love. You know, Michigan obviously was first. In my opinion, like throughout my process, it was I don't know. I hadn't seen nobody before me, you know, get recruited. I hadn't seen nobody before me take visits. You know what I mean? So I didn't really know what the recruiting process was like. You know, mm-hmm. it was just me and my mom going through it. So when it was time to make a decision, I was kind of stuck. I just went with whatever I see on TV all the time, honestly. Right. That makes sense. Who was who was your recruiter at at Michigan? Uh, Tony Gibson, I believe. Okay. And was that was Brady Hoke there? Because <clears throat> he was the was he the head coach when you were committing, or was that Rich Rod back then? That was, that was Rich Rod first. So I had Rich Rod for two years, and then I had uh, Brady for three. Okay. Try. Right. I always forget Rich Rod. Rich Rod was there for a good amount of time. Yeah, yeah. I think since 08 or 07, one of those years. Folks, before we get back to the podcast, one of Matt and I's favorite things about Three Walls and the BLP is shouting out our close personal friends that are doing amazing things, especially those that have already been on our podcast. So without further ado, please check out Doctor's Orders Podcast. It's hosted by former guest Jordan Aarons and his co-host, Olivia Stranges. It is your prescription for two parts health, one part mixology, and a garnish of pop culture. Listen to them as they chat with friends, family, athletes, and other special guests about their own medical experiences, healthcare, and learn a little bit about the history of cocktails. Hosted by medical providers, but not your medical providers, check out Doctors Orders Podcast on your favorite streaming service for podcasts or doctorsorderspodcast.com today. Remember, Doctors Orders. All right, so I got to ask, you know, having your, you know, you're from Ohio, from Youngstown, mm-hmm. real strong football city, go to Michigan, great, mm-hmm. you know, great pedigree, great history. Um, the last couple, last couple seasons, last few seasons that the rivalry at the end of the year has been a little, you know, one-sided. So in right. your opinion, what is, what does Michigan have to do to flip that script in your opinion? I think we just got to rise above, man. We, we got the athletes. I just think we need to display a little bit more quote-unquote dog you know what I mean we got to have that dog we got to have that fight like they do you know what I mean but I just think it vanished you know when it's when it's time to play those guys those are going to be the games where you can have a losing season but then at the end of the season play somebody like that and then it don't even matter you know what I mean I feel like it's, it's, it's an even playing field and I just felt like that that was our mindset because we didn't win um as much as we wanted to, you know what I mean? And when I talk about winning, I'm talking uh, potential national championship. And if that ain't the goal, then I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know what we're playing for. But mm-hmm. when you play those guys, man, it, it got to be a different ball game. Like I'm talking about lights out. And most mm-hmm. people say that they play lights out, but the scoreboard really don't say lights out. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's the difference. But what do we got to do a little bit better? We obviously got to finish. Um, we got to do certain things a little bit better uh, on the field, you know, obviously taking care of the football, um, you know, collectively as a unit, playing better defense and offense. You know what I mean? We got to make better decisions with the football, you know, in terms of, you know, you know just a lot of stuff. I think Shea, I think Shea is a great, a great player, in my opinion. 
You know what I mean? It's, it's obviously a lot of stuff that he has to do better, and that's every kid. I mean, no kid's perfect at the game of football. You know what I mean? But yeah, I just feel like he had to make more decisions, but it ain't just on him. It's the people around him. If you got leaders in the locker room, then those leaders, you got to step up. And we can't just be stepping up verbally. You got to lead by action. And that's literally what has to happen in games like that. Michigan State, Notre Dame, um, just like the, the Notre Dame game, because we ended up killing them, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, was up, a, that was a bloodbath. Yeah, yeah. Man, I feel like that, that was a game. And I didn't watch a lot of the Michigan football because I was just busy doing a whole lot of other stuff. But um, I watched that game for a little bit, and I was like, these dudes is really out there playing. A running game is on point. You know, I, I feel like it was raining. You know what I mean? Decision making was kind of there. Um, so that was the, that was what I would have liked to see the last game of the season. But the last game of the season is kind of like, what are we doing? And seriously, like, what are we doing? We really got the game like right here. Like, we came out throwing punches, and that that finish that I was talking about, and that needs to come from the seniors. You know what I mean? And it's gonna start with the QB because the QB got to make decisions. He got to put people in position. And he got to be verbal. He got to lead by action. That's just what leaders do. And I'm not saying that he's not a leader, but what I'm saying is I would have liked for that to be displayed a little bit more. Do you think there's a little mental piece to it right now? It's a possibility. I wouldn't put it past him. And 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 when I think of mental, I think of, like I said, quote-unquote, having that dog. You know what I mean? And, yeah, I mean, physically, I feel like they – I mean, physically right now, Michigan looks way better than we could have ever looked when I was there. You know what I mean? So it's not the physical part. They they running around. They got good, fast players. You know what I mean? They physically fit. Zeke's is crazy. But, man, we got to be in all of the right positions. We got to make all of the plays. And we got to do that all – how many games is it? 12, right? Yep. Yep. We got to do that all 12. I'm just not understanding how you can be one way in one game and then get to the last game to be another way. If you show that you can do something right all of the time, you better put that on display all of the time. Or it ain't going to make a difference. Right. Right. So, Fitz, you were on the last Michigan team to beat Ohio State. What was that win like? Is that like the highlight of your athletic career, just knowing that you, you know, you've got the better of them at least – one time, just because that's the biggest game of the season for you, for Michigan yeah. and Ohio State people. Yeah, but it was all right. I mean, <laughs> we lived we lived in that moment for a long time, but I don't know. I, I feel like we could have did it a little bit. Now that I look at things, you know, I went I went to the league. You know, I played my career for for four additional years in the NFL, and I really seen what 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 winning really was. You know what I mean? By just being around different people, seeing what a winning attitude was. I never won in high school. And then when I came to college, we was barely winning. So I really didn't know how to be a winner. So when games like that presented itself and we took advantage, it was like, oh, okay. It's cool. Like, let's enjoy the moment. Let's have fun. But it's like, no, that really goes a long way. Like, that's going to show people that's going to come after you that that is the standard. Mm-hmm. But it's like we really we really couldn't say that because we really wasn't winning the way Michigan know how to win. Right. If we're talking about the winningest program or one of the winningest programs, you know what I mean? Then with it, like I said, now looking back at it, so kind of you if know, we're not talking well, about. Go ahead. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm listening. I got. You. Oh, sorry. Um, I just you know kind of segueing. Um, 
you know, going into this season, you know, a lot up in the air as far as just what's going on outside and like the outside world. But a realistic goal for Michigan, do you think, you know, for them to kind of get over that hump, is it win the Big Ten or do we have to be in the playoff picture? Definitely got to win the Big Ten, man. Definitely. That's 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 a hump right there that we got to get over, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's going that's going to stir our confidence into uh, another direction because we gonna know that okay, what's after this? We we did this, we we accomplished this. We can't even get over something small as that. You got to crawl before you walk, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I feel like that that was, and then the, and then you already know that that's the goal. Like, that's one of the main goals. It's like Big Ten championship for sure. And then whatever comes after that, we got to be prepared. We got to be ready for it. But how can we ever get ready for it if we can't get past this? So you're right. I'm glad that you mentioned that. That that totally slipped my mind. Yeah, because I think if you win the Big Ten, you're automatically in that playoff picture. So yeah, exactly. And I mean, I just want to see Michigan get to the Big Ten championship game, and because I'm tired of seeing Ohio State always in that shit. And it's like it's not even. It's not even a question anymore. Like, those dudes is loaded, man. They really talented. And I feel like we are the same exact way. You know what I mean? It's just some stuff that we need to do a little bit different. Yeah. In my opinion. And I, and it starts with it. And it starts with the QB. Like, and straight up. And again, I put this on record. Shay is, I don't even know Shay, but I like Shay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. However, I just feel like, you know, we we got to play to his advantage. You know what I mean? We got to do a lot of what he know how to do really well. And then we got to work on that. Mm-hmm. Well, who is the next guy up? Because because Shea went to the draft. Or, right. I think he's with the Chiefs right now. Yeah, who's up next? Um, I, I'm, I'm just kind of slated to. Is it Peters? I want to say, uh, I, I, I believe. But I know they got the McCaffrey guy there, which comes from a, a whole family of athletes. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he right now somewhere drinking raw eggs and you know what I mean. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. You got my man Milton, right? Yeah. Yeah, my man Milton. So they got some. They got some. I like them tall guys. I like guys that can see over them hogs. You know what I mean? I like yeah. guys that you can put under the center in that old school West Coast, and they can go ahead and do their drop back thing, and they can see everything. But yeah. I, I don't. I'm not a fan of of, of five ten, six feet, six one guys. You know that's funny because you play with the ultimate one, and right, exactly. <laughs> that guy was so fun to watch. Oh my god, he was man. incredible, man. And and I feel like if he was utilized a little bit better, well, I think I I, I mean I'm just in terms of furthering his career on a professional level, uh, mm-hmm. that dude could have been insane if he was utilized the right way and not just here. I'm about to give it to you. Go ahead and do your thing. We're yeah, talking he about was, he was special. He was special with the ball in his hands. Yeah, yeah, no question. No doubt about that. Yeah, so that backfield tandem of you and Shoelace, did it just like feel like, okay, nobody's going to be able to catch us once we get the ball in our hands? Yeah, I don't I know. know. I really don't know. <laughs> like, I was spoiled by – was, we were spoiled because we had each other. You know what I mean? I wasn't ready to, to, to not produce. I was ready to do whatever. And, you know, he was who he was. So it was kind of like we was just rolling. You know what I mean? We didn't even know – I guarantee it's a lot of tandems out there. I, I'll probably say, I'm pretty sure y'all heard of Pat White, Steve Slayton. Oh, yeah. It looked like they had a good thing going for a while. 
and they yep. probably, they probably was aware of that and had understanding. Me and Denard was just out there playing. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know, oh what's the play? All right, and then we just do our thing. We didn't even, well. I didn't even know that we was both close to reaching a thousand together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. I didn't know that. I was just you know out there playing. But now that I look back on it, I'm like, man, that, that was crazy. It was special. Yeah. So yeah, I gotta. Oh, I gotta ask. I I gotta know which one of you was faster. Come on now. Don't even play with me like that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, he was he was different though. Like it's it's a difference. Like if I if I worked on my speed, because I was a track guy too. If I worked on my speed, I could have been up there with him. But he just had that take off and go. Like his his speed was different, man. That dude is a different breed. He's a different animal. Like I ain't never seen nothing like that in my life. Mm-hmm. It, was, yeah. it showed up on the TV too. I mean, he was he was he was special. Man, that dude was unbelievable. Yeah. He had that breakaway speed, but you had that I'll hit you in the face and then run right past your speed. You know what I mean? No, it was different. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing. But, yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely, um, you know, on another level, man. Once you get on that track, like he's been doing probably his whole life, and I was obviously I was doing the same thing. But in comparison, I think, you know, it's, it's a 90-day difference. That dude, man, he was special. So on the same on the same topic of teammates, um, I gotta ask, who was your favorite teammate of all time? Favorite teammate? Um, that's a good question. I had a lot of guys that I was cool with, man. But favorite? I say Jeremy Gallon. Okay. Jeremy Gallon was my dude, man. He was my dude. I like it. All right, so. Night games at the big house are kind of like a few and far between experience. Is that like the greatest atmosphere that you've ever been a part of that people can be a part of? Because yep. it it's only like once or twice, maybe I think it's only once a year mm-hmm. and they only just started coming back recently. But that, I mean, is that the best atmosphere that you've been a part of and that anybody can experience at a football game? Yes, sir. In the world, man, this is definitely nothing. You know, once we had on night games, we playing, you know, Notre Dame and them games is reaching. I think they want, I think it was about, about 115 one time, maybe even yeah. more than that. And I think the seats was filled and people had the stint. Man, it was so crazy. So crazy. But like, you really don't really see it until you now and you looking back like, bro, that was like the, man, that was the best atmosphere ever. Ever. So I've been to one game there, and it was just shocked me how many people they could put into that stadium. Like you Man. walk in, and obviously walking in, and then it just goes down. But it everything's just spread. It, that place is that place is incredible. I mean, all those stadiums in the Big Ten mm-hmm. um, are just awesome. So outside of you know obviously the home bias, that's number mm-hmm. one. What was the what was your second favorite place to go and play? Second favorite place. Um, where did I like to go? I, don't know. I think we play. I think I played at the uh, the horseshoe one time, maybe. Well, twice. Played at the horseshoe twice, but it. I really don't have you know a lot of memories from there. Uh, I think Illinois was an okay place, decent place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm real into like different colors, you know what I mean. So if I go to a certain team where you know they got bright colors like Iowa, 
that black and yellow was it was just something attractive about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I was yeah. I would had a pretty cool uh pretty cool stadium to play in. I think I ended up going there twice. Uh Purdue was actually pretty awesome too. I think I went there twice. Um but it's just really nothing compared to the big house. All great stadiums though, all good good stadiums, good stadiums to play in, but it's just something a little bit different, you know, about the big house. And then, when you, like I said, looking back on it now, it's like you really don't know how spoiled, you know, you are playing at Michigan when you on the outside looking in because it's like if you're starting off there, it's like every time, every stadium you go in from now on, like it shouldn't phase you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It shouldn't phase you. Yeah. Everything is quiet. When I went to the NFL, I was playing against, what, 70, playing playing with 70,000 in, in the stadium. It was like, oh, this light. but they're a little bit more harsh though yeah especially the two places you were at harsh 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 yeah so um i got i got one final question on michigan and stuff like that how pissed were you that they went to jordan brand after you left and you were stuck with that three stripe life it's crazy though because i say this all the time man i felt like from 07, I won, well, I think it was Mike Hart's last year. So from 08 through, when was my last year? 13, and maybe a year or two after that, they got Jordan. We had to go through all of that BS for them to get all that good stuff, man. Yep. We had to go through Adidas, and Adidas, I think, was just coming out with football stuff where we was experimenting a lot of things. Um, and shout out to Adidas. Adidas, you know, pretty good brand, too. They got great stuff. But back then, it was just, just coming out with the stuff. Yeah, they were focused on having the lightest cleats in the world and st- and just doing that instead of making you know, just, well-rounded cleats. I mean, we, we, I mean, we Nike before, and then now they switched to Adidas, and we like, what's this? Adidas don't do football, now they're doing football. <laughs> I was like, some of the stuff that they was making at first was like, dude, there's really no swag to this. And then when we leave, they pop up with the Jordan, and it's like, okay. Can't be mad because somebody had to go through it in order for them to realize, okay, we got to get something going for these guys that look good. That's true. That's true. So, um, Fitch, just real quick, like my background and how I know Mike is, so we went to school together. And so, like, Mike was – I played football at UD, just a real small school, but Mike was our equipment guy. And then he was your equipment guy. So we gave him a whole lot of shit. Did Please tell me you gave him a whole lot of shit. Uh, that's a question for Mike. <laughs> what you think? Fitz didn't give me shit, but a couple other guys on the te- on the Steelers did. I know that. Yeah, Mike was always good. He was always, you know, always a yeah. one. Always. He always took care of us. He would, always <laughs> one of the best. We just he's great friends. Yep. Good old good old seven didn't like me too much, Fitz. But you know that, that's a story for a different day. Wow, what you do to him? I didn't do anything. I I. It was. I think it was a bye week practice. We were doing like a team two minute, and a ball went out of bounds, or a catch was out of bounds, and I called it out of bounds, and he wasn't happy because he didn't want to. He wanted to get out of there, <laughs> and af- after that, it was done. Oh wow! But so, you know, it happens. You know? Right. So, just a theory though. Does he like anybody? I think he was pretty good to me. Okay. And the reason he's a why, he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. I sure. think he could go either way. Yeah, but he he he, he just like to bust on somebody. He, well, let's be no. honest, my man is forty. Like he he don't really got time for games. You know what I mean? He's a whole father. 
man, he he's a grown man. You know what I mean? So it's like when certain people come in that's younger and be like, I don't know if Ben like me. Well, Ben is grown, bro. Ben is in a whole different world. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So his just tolerance is probably a little bit different if people don't understand it. Yeah, he didn't want to put up with a 22-year-old straight out of college is BS. Right. He was, like, he was like, this is my franchise. Right. Granted, he will be in the Hall of Fame, so he can oh, yeah. kind of do what he wants. Yeah, it's seven, yeah. you know. So cool, Mike, you want to roll us into NFL talk? Yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit of uh, the league here. So you broke into the league uh, first on the practice squad with the Ravens before – uh, finally breaking up into their active roster. Um, so what kind of – for the people that will listen to this and don't know what the like the daily grind is for a guy on the practice squad, what is that like? Because I've, I've experienced it. I've seen it firsthand. But, you know, Matt doesn't really – we have friends that played in the league and stuff like that. But firsthand, what is it like, you know, going through that grind of just putting your head down and working? Uh, it's a little bit different. Obviously, you don't – you don't really have the leniency of, you know, guys who were drafted or guys who've been there for a while. Um, but it's, it's really whatever you want to make it. You know what I mean? If you go in there, put your head down and grind every day, like I was doing, then you were earning respect of coaches and, and certain players. And really that's all that matters because the ultimate goal is to be on a 53. You know what I mean? However, yeah. it's only one way to get there. And it's really only one way to get there. You have to go in there and you have to be consi- consistent every single day and you have to be reliable. It's a lot of people who, who gets into these situations where they're undrafted um, and, you know, sometimes they show up late. Sometimes coach asks questions and, and they don't know the answer because they hadn't been studying. Sometimes they, you know, practice squad, you get a little bit comfortable because you get in a check, you get more money than you ever made. So it's easy to be like, you know what, I'm going to go out on a Thursday night and then come in because I know that practice squad, you really – you don't really got to do too much. You just got to give the defensive looks. Mm-hmm. However, that's just not my mindset. And that's probably not the mindset of a lot of other guys as well. My mindset is to go in there and don't get me wrong. I've done, you know, my fair share of stuff that I shouldn't have done, but I just went hard more than I did. You know what I mean? I went yeah. hard more than anything. So the mindset is you got to go in there and perform like you're going to go play. And I'm talking about, I'm going to make you hit me. I'm probably going to – when I get the ball, I'm, I'm going to try to shake you. I'm going to juke you. I'm going to do my thing. And that's going to be every single time. Like I'm applying pressure every single time, every single day because that's what I that's what I do. I compete. And I'm going to put pressure on dudes that's on the 53. But I ain't going to do it, you know what I mean, blatant. I'm going to be quiet with it. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to smile. I'm going to laugh. But when it's time to strap up and, and we in the backfield, it's game time. And that's just the mindset. You know what I mean? It's all fun. That's just what football is. So, you know, you're talking on a daily basis. Um, what's the process of a, of a of an undrafted guy, you know, getting looked at, getting exposure, or getting seen, man? It's that consistency. Every single day, though. I'm talking mm-hmm. about you got the, I used to come in there at one point. I used to be in the cold to first thing in the morning about 7. And nobody in sight. You know, sometimes it used to be like the last – I mean, it'd be a couple people there, but, you know, taking care of your body. Sometimes I used to lay cone down, cones down in my apartment and just work on simple footwork and then come to practice every every day and, and apply some of those same things that I did in my apartment, and it worked. 
I was always trying to find little small ways. It don't have to be drastic. But every single day, you got to make noise. And people don't understand that. If you come in there one day and you ain't making noise, somebody going to see that. If you take the game for granted, somebody going to see that. Somebody going to see when you're lacking. Football is about reading body language. It's about certain gestures. You know what I mean? And all that stuff is going to be on display at all times. Somebody looking at you. There's going to be coaches that's sitting there like, okay, well, yeah, we know this is a scout team. Defense is up. And we got a, a, a scout offense. We want to see how to – I mean, if we playing Ezekiel Elliott or if we playing out on any other running back, we want to see Ezekiel Elliott for three, four days out the week. Yeah. You know what I mean? We can't come and see who you are. We can't do that because – Sometimes who you are got you on a practice squad. So you got to kind of – you got to do your job. You got to you got to see who Ezekiel – that used to be my process. If I'm – if I'm if we playing a certain running back this week, like I think one time we was playing like Tariq Cohen, the Bears. And I'm like, okay, I get to really do Tariq Cohen-like things. And then doing Tariq Cohen-like things got me adding to my arsenal, got me adding to my bag. When I was in Baltimore, we used to play against Le'Veon. Coach said mm-hmm. Le'Veon this week. So I used to watch Le'Veon to see how Le'Veon beat Le'Veon, and then I just started being Le'Veon. You know what I mean? But I never really imitated to the fullest. I just take and I incorporate it into my game. And then that's how you just become – because I like to look at the best people. You know, I still like to take the game from anybody. I can look at an eight-year-old right now, and he'll say something about running back. And if I don't know it, if I never heard it before, <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that, you know, write it down or store it in, in, my, in my memory bank. And and use it. However, when I'm looking at, you know, somebody to imitate or, you know, certain moves to do or incorporate, I try to look at the best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then that's just how it is. That's why I feel like I can compete with the best because I've done nothing but watch the best. I've done nothing but try and did work like the best. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be kind of like a multi-part question, so, so bear with me. Um, Mike and I have a really good friend of ours who just got drafted by the Saints. Um, mm. And, you know, you having been through, you know, jumped around on a couple teams, um, a lot of insight, just a real smart football player. Like, um, if you could go back and knowing what you know now, like what advice would you give somebody just starting? What advice would you, you know, and then what advice from playing in the NFL can you take into your everyday life? First and foremost, man, just be smart be tight with your money. Straight up. You got to save your money, man. I, I understand that uh, you made it for sure. I mean, not a lot of people make it at this level. Enjoy yourself. You know, buy something nice for yourself. Take care of who you need to take care of. But after you do that, you have to tuck your change, man. Those personal representative guys who like to come in and talk all about investing and 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 real estate and cars mm-hmm. and, and other stuff and just giving you the advice about it, you got to listen to them. You got to listen to them. Don't wait till year three or four. And and, say, and 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 you want to mature and then say, okay, I'm gonna start. You got to listen day one, because those are gonna be those little life lessons that you need after football. Those are gonna be things that you're gonna rely on. Investing in your 401k, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Uh, just understanding what kind of benefits you got going forward. That's gonna be all of the main things that you're gonna need to focus on. And then you know, ball is gonna be ball. It, 90% of what you do every day is going to be football. So you got to come in, and like I said, you can't take it for granted, man. The NFL is a place where you can get real comfortable because we really don't practice like that. I mean, we do. We go hard. Don't get me wrong. But it's a lot more chilling than it is working because you 
mind you, you if, if you don't make the playoffs, you're done January 1st until April, right? And then you come back with OTAs from April 19th until dang near June 15th. So that whole time, you six of those weeks, you only in the building four hours. You're doing two-hour workouts, two-hour film. Then you got the rest of the day. And then you got a four-day week from Thursday through Sunday. And then you come back and repeat it all over again. And it's really easy. So if you really relax in that time, then you are going to do yourself a disservice. You know what I mean? You're going to do yourself a disservice. Don't just come, you know, to OTAs or and, and do the bare minimum. You got to work every single day. Like, you want to be a starter. You got to take care of your body every single day. Like, you want to be a starter. So my advice is, man, you it's from day one, take care of your body. No matter how much you think that just because you're young, you can get away with not getting in the cold tub or not getting that final massage and stretch, man, it's going to catch up to you because you're going to repeat the same patterns over and over and over again from doing the same movements, and you're going to create faulty movement patterns, and then you're going to hurt yourself. And that's how a lot of people get hurt, soft tissue injuries, sprains and strains, because we're not taking care of ourselves. We're not doing the proper thing. So I say um, just taking care of your body, taking care of your money, Listening to those who's coming to give you advice about your life. Gotcha, gotcha. That's awesome, and like we're really, really excited for them. Um, but just any anything we can do, you know, we came from a small school, so we kind of kind of real tight knit. Um, we we hope the best for him, but you know, if he could take in a little bit of the advice that you have, having done it, you know, done it real successful, at, you know, both levels. Um, mm-hmm. have a real good head on your shoulder moving forward. Um, I know he'll take that in stride and um, certainly, certainly appreciate that. So kind of, you know, wrapping up, um, I grew up in Cleveland, so don't oh, hold that okay. against me. No, nah, we 45 um, years from each other. <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, as a Browns fan, um, did you grow up a Browns fan? I said it again. Did you grow up a Browns fan or were you a Steelers fan? Uh, I don't know. I grew up a Raiders fan, honestly. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but you, so you saw a really, really unique, strong, like intense rivalry on both sides of that Steelers Ravens. You know, mm-hmm. those couple of years there. Can you uh, kind of give me a, a glimpse into it? What it was like, you know, playing for both those teams and then what those rivalries were like. Best of both worlds, man. That was awesome. It was actually pretty awesome, man, because. It's like two different environments, two different type of cultures, two different traditions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the, the ultimate end goal was the same. And that was that was everywhere. I mean, I say everywhere, but both teams I went to it has always been about championship talk. Like everywhere mm-hmm. I went. That's how I developed kind of this winning, this winning mindset, man. Um, but it was definitely intense. And I don't know. I really can't pinpoint anything that made me be like, oh, wow, this is this, that, and the third. But. I can just really only vouch for, you know, being in both environments, man. It was – the Ravens was cool. Like, it was kind of, like, calm, laid back. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was it was a little strict, just a little bit. Obviously, it was a little bit leniency in there. But the ultimate goal was winning, like I said. And then you went to Pittsburgh, and everything was just chill. But mm-hmm. the ultimate goal was winning. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, being – and then when both teams met, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go because – Steelers be chilling, but the Ravens, the Ravens really be about that action. Mm-hmm. But both teams clash, and then you really never know who's going to win the game. So that's – you know what I mean? Like I said, I had the best of both worlds in both environments, man. Both head coaches is, is 
awesome. Like, awesome. I think, I don't know, I hadn't been around anybody else, but I think they flew the best in the league, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, of course, you know what I mean, off top, both coaches going to make that rivalry intense because I don't even think they like seeing each other when they see each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you can look at them two like, oh, it's about to be one of those days. Like, Mike Tomlin ain't even trying to look at hardball. <laughs> And there's a reason why those guys are still there. They have exactly. been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. No question. Yeah, I remember coming into like the equipment room on day one of Ravens Week, and everybody just the demeanor kind of changed. They're like, "All right, Ravens Week." Yeah. It, it was it was still kind of chill, but it was you know you had that look in your eye like, "All right, we gotta, you gotta, gotta go out and beat these guys' ass." Make sure you do this, that, and the third. Make you got to tie your shoes a little, whatever. But it's always <laughs> an emphasis. Yep. Love that. Lace them up a little bit, a little bit tighter. Little yeah, bit. Maybe you buckle that chin strap up a little bit tighter because you know it's going to get loose by the end of the night. Just a little bit. Yep. More air in the helmet. Mm-hmm. And that's hey, cool. I like for, that. I missed that. <laughs> thanks for sharing with that. It's uh, it's, it's real cool to you know hear that hear that experience. You know, just growing up a big football fan. You know, somebody who's done it at the two of the two of the greatest franchises in the NFL and one of the most historic places in college, you know. Uh, thanks for letting us get a little bit of a glimpse into that. Um, I really appreciate that, Fitz. Yeah, awesome, man. Appreciate y'all and all the questions, man. Yeah. Fitz, before I let you go, man, I want to talk about what you got going on right now. So talk to me about ELA, what it is, what you're doing, and what kind of brought you to this point. Like what clicked in your mind, like this is what I need to do. Elite level athlete, man. ELA, I came up with that. Uh like a year ago. And I just think, uh, you know, it's really self-explanatory, man. You got to be an elite level athlete. And an elite level athlete is all about mindset. It's all about working hard. It's all about preparation. It's all about treating people right. It's all about influencing people. It's all about servicing people. The elite level athlete is all of these things. We're talking good sportsmanship. And, and when I think of that, when I see my, my symbol, that's what I think of. So back then when I was – um. Because I had broke my leg in 2000 and I want to say 12, right? So I had a tip fib compound fracture. And they they said that my recovery was going to be about nine months. So I don't, I'm, I feel like I'm hard-headed and, I, and I'm tough. Um, so what I did was try to speed my recovery up. And, and what I was doing was I was trying to, you know, just do a whole bunch of stuff that can get me ahead of the game. We talking different footwork we talking being in the weight room overworking myself just back then when i didn't know uh about overworking yourself because i was young so i was in there overworking myself i was always on a ladder trying to get my feet quick just just in case you know i, I can try to prevent you know my leg from getting i don't know i was just doing a whole lot of stuff so what i did is i started training like every single day it was times my senior season where it would be games nobody knew but it would be games right after the game i'm talking literally 30 minutes i'll be working out again like, I'd be in the form pit. Like, I was just always on it. So it was like I was always finding creative ways to, 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 to work out and, you know, to do footwork and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it was it was no question about uh, what I was going to do in the future or what I wanted to do in the future. Obviously, the goal was to go to the next level of football. You know what I mean? However, it was like even – if that don't work out, I'm going to still be in my environment because I get the same passion from training myself and others. Um, I get the same passion that I do when I lace up my cleats. Mm-hmm. 
by servicing others. You know what I mean? By seeing results from others. And and I know for a fact that, you know, my experiences and, and you know, doing certain footwork drills, doing certain ladder drills helped me tremendously. Like I can there is a night and day difference. So I know for a fact that, you know what? I can I can help somebody do this. I can help somebody I can help a running back. I can help a receiver D B get their feet together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Yeah. I don't know. I just been I don't I don't I don't call myself a trainer. I'm not a trainer though. Like I don't know what to call myself. You know what I mean? I just I'm just about that action. Like, you know what I mean? Let's get up let's get up yeah. and work. Like I you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is what I do. I can get up and do this all day. Real talk. I don't call. Him. I'm not a trainer, bro. I'm not. Don't call me no coach. Cause I'm not a coach. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I'm, and I've always been like that for everybody. I'm down to earth. Like I'm you. I'm you. But I just made it to the highest level. So now, yeah. if you can be your friend and be you, and just get you to understand, cause it's like it's a different ball game when when you call yourself coach, like when you call coach or trainer. No, I'm you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm you. But it's just time for you to make it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think the uh, – do you think the injury, do you think that accelerated you getting to this – kind of this level um, or kind of, you know, magnified your, your urge to do this? Uh, I wouldn't – I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Not, not really. I mean, it – it definitely motivated me to push harder, you know what I mean? Just to see how many people it was just another stepping stone though. I done been through mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in my life and I done had to overcome a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. when it happened, I think I cried for like a day. And then after that it was it was okay, what, what can we do next? And that's probably a lot of, Yeah, that's, that's probably a lot of you know, athletes' mindsets. You would see it when you get an ACL, they like, Okay, that's over. All right, now what's what's the next process? And that's how it got to be. That's overcoming adversity. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, it's definitely a stepping mm-hmm. stone. And it definitely, it's a scar. Like, that scar is is, is something that I'm going to be able to tell people while I'm training them. Like, bro, I done been on a stretcher <laughs> in the middle of a game. Like, yeah. real. Yeah. And that's real life. Like, I done really been on a stretcher with my head to the sky in the big house. Getting, I got rolled off in a stretcher. That's crazy to me. You know what I mean? Over yeah. from football. So this game means a lot to me. But sports mm-hmm. in general, I got a, a, a certain respect for sports in general. That's just high level for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got got one last question for you, Fitz, before we get you out of here. Okay. I'd like to ask this to all our kind of like athlete and, you know, people that are very active in whatever they do. But what is your why? What gets you up every morning? What keeps you pushing? Because I see your Instagram videos and the workouts you put all the athletes through. And then I see the workouts that you're putting yourself through. And arguably the ones you're doing are harder, if not the same as what you put your athletes through. So what's, what keeps you pushing? What gets you up? And what, what's your why for what you do? My, my faith is like, real strong like i've always been a, a man of, of high faith like i've always put the creator first and sometimes it's always been inconsistent back then but i've seen more so when i relied not even going to say relied but when i when i believed in the lord like my faith became stronger and i've mm-hmm. always had this i always had the power to do a lot of things to make a lot of moves 
but I, I lack the strength. And when I start playing for the strength, then I gain that strength and then I already possess the power and I just put the two together. And it's like, I feel like anything, anything was possible. Anything can happen. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. Now, with that being said, when I pray, I, I pray, pray for my kids. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's my why. Ultimately, that's my why. You know what I mean? To be able to, to, to have them grow up and not worried about a thing. That's going to be the grind and that's not going to be an issue. You know what I mean? But yeah. daily you got to pray because, I mean, you know the times that we living in now, it could be a little different. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So you got to consistently have faith and pray on that every single day. Servicing others is what I love to do best. I, I, I got to understand that I can't please everybody, but you can always take a step forward to turn somebody's day around. Just like that, whether it's holding the door open for somebody, whether it's if somebody walking around with a mean mug and, wow. and I take my attitude. And that's why I say, when y'all asked me that question, who was my favorite teammate back in Michigan? I said Jeremy Gallon because I was always this evil dude when I came to college. And then I met Jeremy Gallon. And he was always this guy that was full of jokes. And he really taught me how to be happy and how to tell jokes, you know what I mean? And how to play around all the time. So that's how I, uh, I kind of like manifested that. Like I started doing the same thing and it started working for me. So it's like now every situation that I get in and it might be kind of bad or it might be sad, I could just flip it around with a joke or some type of positive attitude or energy. I don't know. I'm all about trying to transfer some energy into, into, into good. You know what I mean? And it don't matter who it is. Like, I don't care. Like I, I like souls. Like you know what I mean. I want to see who you are as a person. Like that's that's my why. It's servicing others, servicing others. I don't care who. I'm all about unity and positivity. Now sometimes I do get a little ego. You know what I mean. Where I might walk by you or not. But every time I do, I I can comprehend well. I'm very aware, uh, and I'm very understanding. So if if I do do something like that, I notice it right on the spot. Like bro, you can't do that no more. Like, we're supposed to be working on that. You got to, you know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm at. Yeah. So it's like I'm aware of all my situations, you know what I mean, now. And I think that that's a good thing. And and once, you know, these younger guys are more aware of, of who they are and who they can be and all of the possibilities, then they're going to be better. Per- they're going to be better people like I was. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm feeling, guys. Like, bro, good sportsmanship, being humble, still be hungry. Still, you know what I mean, do your thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Don't don't let nobody slide with nothing. But you have to be a great overall balanced person. You have to be nice. You have to have great sportsmanship. You have to – it's okay. If, if you lose, it's okay to go over there and congratulate the other guy and then, you know, go deal with your problems and then fix it. Like, it's okay. Like, you know what I mean? It's okay to be a man. It's okay to – to, to wake up and, and go hold the door open for some, it's okay to, you know what I mean? It's you're a human being. Like it's okay to just as much as people say, well, I hate this. I hate that. I don't want to, you can take out that hate and insert that with love or like, you know what I mean? And then that's how you can flip the switch and then make everything better. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's what, and that's what I'm trying to do now is just trying to be positive. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm still working on a lot of things, but, I feel like I find myself more on the positive side than, than saying, okay, man, I don't like this. I hate this. Man, that's all different energy. You can flip that. You can flip that switch real quick. And if you're aware of that, then you can make that happen. And then that's how you can 
And then that's how you can influence other people. When somebody's seeing you doing good, when somebody's seeing you doing something with passion, they're going to want to do the same thing to somebody else. And then that's how you can change the world, piece by piece. By yeah, spreading man, real ripple effect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like this this, this illness that we're facing, man, it's, it's terrible, and it spreads from person to person to person. It can be the same thing with mm-hmm. the energy. You can spread it from person to person to person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Fitz, man, we appreciate you coming on. How can people find you on social medias or whatever? Let's see if I can get this together. Every time I get asked this question, I don't know. So we're going to go I train, I T R A I N underscore two, the number two. And then you're going to go S S A I N T. So I train underscore Tucson, but with a two and then S S A I N T. You can find me there on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. All you got to do is type in my full name, Fitzgerald Tucson. And there you go. Awesome, man. Fitz, I appreciate it, man. You've been a great friend, and this was awesome. Uh, We'll have to have you on once football season gets going. We'll talk some ball, and uh, hopefully we're talking about Michigan winning some Big Ten championships coming soon. But thanks again, man. Thanks for your time. This was super awesome. Um, And uh, stay well, stay healthy, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Likewise, man. Y'all stay safe. Hope all your family is good, and appreciate y'all for the time. No problem.